special event alert. Get out of Get bed and run! This is Late for Changeover, your weekly space news and variety show. I am your host, Marty Smith, and I'm joined by the man in the closet, Jake Wall. What's going on, guys? Good to see you. And the infamous teapot, Kevin Balcom. Go blue. Uh, <laughs> and we're here to bring you the latest headlines and updates uh, pertinent to all guardians and to the lesser services as well. So take your seats, get informed, and have a laugh as we present Late for Changeover. Gentlemen, it's good to have you back. Kevin is back. It's good to have you back in a limited capacity. We got we got Teapot on a pitch count here uh, after his uh, injury or his no, not injury. Well, old injury, oh, surgery. Yeah. You're correct, right? Years and years of high wear on them hips. So you're not you're not D nip. You guys didn't even get the D nip when I said that. I was surprised. Yeah. I remember Deneth. It's oh, yeah. Deneth. Duties not including yeah. podcast. Oh, yeah. I did not get that at all. I didn't follow that up on the text. No. Like, oh, somebody will pick that up. No. Nobody picked it up. I was like, what the hell is it? Such a disappointment. And we got Mr. History. Uh, he's still on his constant vigilance tasking over in uh, somewhere over in Europe. Somewhere down the Viking uh-huh. River cruise. So I hope he's doing yeah. some interviews out there, but uh, he probably isn't. We haven't even gotten an update from no, him. Last time that. we got chafing pictures and That's then right. we got like we, lunges we one, for some reason. One picture in a lounge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that was, was it. It's very disappointing. Very and his disappointing. wife looked more excited to send us the picture than he did. <laughs> she probably did. He was like, yeah, <laughs> send him something. He's like, nah, send the boys. Blah, blah, blah. Man, I don't want to worry about them right now. <laughs> uh, okay, let's start off with uh, this date. A quick date in history. So Monday the twenty third is was a significant date in nineteen eighty three. It marks the fortieth anniversary of the Beirut bombing that killed two hundred forty one U.S. troops, mostly Marines. So I always hate saying when something tragic happens as an anniversary, but I guess I don't know what yeah. else to call it, right? It's dubious. Um, but Monday marked the 40th anniversary of the suicide bombing on the barracks at the Beirut airport that killed 241 U.S. troops in what was the deadliest day for the Marine Corps since the Battle of Iwo Jima in 1945. So that's surprising because you would think that I, I guess like battle away, you know, way city. That was all the Marines in Vietnam, but uh, yeah. I guess they didn't lose 220 in one day. So huh. the bombing killed 220 Marines, 18 sailors. Fuck me. Whoa. All right. I might have to take nice. that. Nice. I, I did start the recording. <laughs> you did start it. You got it recording. <laughs> I would have given you a caca. All right, strike that. Reverse it. Uh, the bombing which killed 220 Marines, 18 sailors, and three soldiers took place during a civil war in Lebanon that killed tens of thousands and left almost a million people displaced. 
Um, some 58 French troops and six civilians died in a separate suicide bombing just a few minutes afterwards. I didn't. I never mm. knew that. Now, oh, I didn't know that either. When that happened, God, 83. I think I was, you know, 16 or whatever it was. And I knew it happened, but I didn't realize the significance yeah. of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so here's what happened. A suicide bomber drove a truck carrying 12,000 pounds of TNT into the U.S. military barracks at the Beirut airport. The building collapsed into rubble almost instantly. FBI investigators found the bomb was gas-enhanced using bottles of oxygen and propane to introduce a gas multiplier effect giving it more destructive power than a conventional explosive. In the final report, the FBI, the FBI called it the largest non-nuclear blast they've ever examined. I mean, you Holy see those cow. pictures, that whole... I know, it didn't take the whole... Did it take the whole building down? I guess it did take the whole building down, right? I thought it just kind of carved out that whole front of the building, but I might be thinking of a different blast. And then the incident yeah, led to the withdrawal of troops later... Uh, in 1984 from Lebanon. so, And that was committed by supposedly Hezbollah. So here right. we go, 40 years later, and we're right back at it. So it's like we never left, right? Yeah, it's crazy. So uh, salute to those uh, 220 Marines and 18 soldiers, or sailors and three soldiers. So, okay, uh, I want to take... A second. Wait. Wait a second. I want to. I want to do something for uh, the podcast here. Uh, the. I want to change my background to something these guys will appreciate. Okay. You ready? Oh. You ready for this? Yep. Yeah. Look at that. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> I dug up an old picture of the CRE, baby. Look at that. How many hours have we spent in that room? That was a changeover room right there, man. Yeah, that's a that's high the, class changeover room. That's it was two. never that empty when I showed up for changeover. No. And that <laughs> embroidery on those chairs oh. uh, only lasted for four or five years, I think. I think there's still a couple of those still floating around, right? Yeah. There's there's all the chairs against the window now too, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah right. This was like a 2001 photo before they went ILC. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, we we all spent many hours in that damn room. <laughs> so I thought you'd appreciate that. Yeah, that's nice. And another thing, why I'm wearing this shirt. Right? They, do, they they had the Doolittle uh, uniforms did. They on. Wore, they wore the Doolittle uniforms yeah. uh, when they beat Navy, so... Um, yeah. So I just wanted to take a second to talk about basically the best college football team in Colorado, which is the Air Force Falcons, who are now number oh. 19 after beating yeah. Navy 17-6 uh, to six last Saturday. Zach Larrier threw a 94-yard touchdown pass, the longest pass in Air Force history, Ooh. which is always ironic, right? Air Force has always been a wishbone team. They didn't pass very much at all, you know? You would think Air Force would be, you know, the air raid offense, right? Yeah. They don't have the athletes. <laughs> but they are ranked number 19. Play Colorado State next week. So, no. No. good on you, bunch of Zoomies. Do you guys ever run, yep. into, uh, you ever run into a former Air Force football player? Oh, yeah. 
Nope. I have two, and they're kind of hit or miss. Mostly miss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, one worked at Buckley for years. I forgot his name. He was a wideout. And he used to tell stories of how, like, Troy Calhoun was such a genius. He'd have, like, all these, like, oh, masters. Yeah. They, they're yeah. on the Veer. They run an, an offshoot of the Veer. Yeah, the, the, he yeah, said right. they were so intricate and so good, but they never had the athletes to, like, actually, like, <laughs> like do the do plays. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But uh, but that – that Offense was great, and I can't remember who it was before Calhoun. Um, but even that eye bone, wishbone, that that whole thing really requires a defense. And most college play, most college defenses don't play against it. So, nope. Um, and I think Air Force, or I mean Navy and Army, have gone to just a pro set offense. I think Army's trying to get back to a wishbone, but I'm not sure. They, they don't. Got to change the rules on how you can block. You can't cut block anymore. You that can't, changed you can't go below the everything. knees. Yeah, so you, yeah, you, they do more zone everything. blocking concepts. Right. So, right. and you still have to. You still. You still can't go low. You can't do the double engage and that kind of. Thing. Right. Yep. Makes it tough. So. Uh, okay. Anyway, on to the news. So, from the Air Force Times, uh, Space Force finalizes plan for commercial surge capacity during crisis. And the reason I bring this up, I'll, I'll bring that up at the at the end. But it was just something that kind of caught my eye. So the Space Force has finalized a plan for harnessing commercial satellite capabilities in times of crisis through a Commercial Augmentation Space Reserve, or CASR. So if they already got an acronym for it, I think we're in trouble. That strategy, approved this month by Air Force Secretary Frank Kendall, outlines a framework for how the Space Force will scale up its use of commercial capabilities, including satellite imagery and communications during a conflict to augment military systems. Now that makes sense. I read I read a side article about this about how Air Force kind of co-opted some civilian uh, lift capability, and the last time we did it was our I think our Afghanistan retreat. So um, so it makes sense that we're going to use some of the commercial space. Yeah. Capability. Uh, the Services Acquisition Arms I mean, Space Systems Command announced last year was making plans to create a commercial augmentation space reserve or CASR, CASR. Uh, companies who sign on to CASR will also be sub- subject to contractual terms, and the strategy lays out a spectrum of services firms can provide to support scenarios ranging from day to day ops to a national war. Under level, uh, now here's here's the three levels they have. Under level one operations, firms would provide a minimum commitment of peacetime capabilities to the Defense Department. Level two, which includes regional conflicts or a major crisis, would require a higher level of commercial services. And in level three wartime scenario, companies will be obligated to prioritize government needs over their customers. Now, that's a heavy statement, right? So mm-hmm. you better prioritize uh, the government over anything else you're doing. Here's my cynical view is that <laughs> what do we always say about Chinese commercial? It's always really kind of just military too, right? It's not ever just commercial. Yeah. They're not providing a whole, well, yeah, right. I mean, almost everything they do is military ish, right? It's, it's commercial. But there's always the government in it. Oh, we'll take it. We'll take it over in a heartbeat, and we'll lock you out, right? And yet, 
we just kind of implemented that. Well, I, 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 I agree with you. I mean, the biggest thing when we put GPS up was M code, right? But yep. then Clinton said yeah. we'd never use it. I think it was Clinton who said, yeah, we'll never use M code because the world's too dependent on it. And yeah. Well, fuck there. There we go. Right. Um, but, but I mean, I we just said that in that article, it says we can basically co-opt. We, the U.S. military, DOD, yeah. can basically co-opt anything that's commercial to support military needs. Right. Right. That's the exact same thing we bitch and moan at China for doing. It is. And it's not just like, like, hey, we want to take this over to use it for us. But there's a side piece that would come naturally to go, we want to take this over. Sorry, you and prevent you from prevent anybody else from using it. Right. Yeah. So now we're controlling fucking everything. I mean, didn't the Chinese turn all their Internet off during COVID? Didn't they just like isolate the whole country and like you well, can't see what the rest of the world's doing? We're just shutting you down. Yep. And even the internet they get, I guess. I've never been over there, but even the internet they get is severely restricted anyway. So, right. Yeah. Right. And they hate it because they probably can't say Google. So um but <laughs> but I was thinking about <laughs> Google. So yeah. I, was, I was thinking about, if you go back to World War II, remember the Americans, or at least stories of the Americans who were back here, and they had to ration everything. You know, I had to yeah. collect uh, aluminum or nylons or silk, right? Yep. Already had to ration gas. Pantyhose and chocolate. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Um, but you go to World War Three, right? So let's say the balloon goes up. Um. Will they? Will the rationing now be bandwidth? I mean, will they turn shit off? Will they co-op Verizon? Will they? They say, hey, we we're using all this for only military, and now people will be like, oh, I get to ration this for I get fifteen minutes a day from eleven forty-five to twelve o'clock or something yeah. like that. I mean, can you imagine that? That's a that's a that's a black. That's mirror. an interesting concept. Yeah. yeah. And you could see it. I mean, military what, what do you think already leases. is going to be spent on. Oh, you know <laughs> oh baby. <laughs> I could I could download a day's worth of in 15 minutes. <laughs> I don't need to talk to my mom. She's all right. She's okay. Just checking my I account. talked to her 2 weeks ago. Yeah. But I mean, what if, what if that happened, right? We have no real landlines anymore. The only people you're going to be able to call is your grandma and grandpa because they're the only ones who left who has a landline. Yeah. 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 Uh, That's one of the only numbers I still remember is my mom's, <laughs> yeah. my mom's landline. I got that locked in. She's getting my a mom. call if I ever go to jail because <laughs> that's the only number I remember. My mom just got rid of her landline two years ago. No. No shit. Yep. Man, business is that slow, huh? It was, it was expensive. It was like 80 bucks a month to keep a landline. It was obscene. I'm like, yeah. why? Yeah. 80 bucks? Yeah. Wow. It wasn't. She's it, paying it, for all the maintenance on her block. There's, she's the last yeah, landline on her right, block. It's a thing. Right. Uh, the house that I stay at in Michigan when I go to these games, 
Um, very nice house, but he still had standard definition cable and Comcast called him and said, we're replacing your box because we're not going to support standard definition anymore. <laughs> right. We got to come out and take it. He yeah. held out. Essentially and and it's cheaper. Take. He's like, it's cheaper now. Like, yeah, like you're literally standard definition. Like who does? Beautiful. I mean, he doesn't yeah. have the big the big box where you have to go up and actually press no. the button for each channel, right? You remember that shit? It's like, yeah. yeah, it's like a twelve year old busy. I keep telling him I'm gonna buy him a new TV. He's like, I don't, I don't need one because when I stay there, he saves me. It's like minimum two fifty a night to stay anywhere oh, in Ann Arbor, man. and I'm there four or five times. Like, you've saved me so much money. Like, I'm gonna buy you a TV. You're just gonna come oh. home one day, and this box is gonna be. Dude, TVs are cheap, man. Two hundred bucks gets you a that's nice right. TV. Yeah, yeah that's right. Go yeah. Black Friday. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My buddy yeah. Rocky would come over and we'd watch like random climbing videos, Red Bull climbing videos, or other yeah. stuff. Those are good. And he's like, "How do you handle this TV?" I was like, "I don't. It still works, man. We're good. That's fine." <laughs> and he's <laughs> like, "No, I can't handle it." And so one day he's like, "Come over for dinner." I'm like, "All right." He goes, "Take this TV. Get it out of here." Wow. <laughs> he had a big, big smart TV in his guest bedroom that he never yeah. hooked up i know it's crazy and i'm like all right deal um the other day we were talking about along the same lines we were talking about uh moving like when you were younger uh, especially uh, maybe it didn't hit your generation but uh for me it was all your whole apartment was defined by the fucking tower speakers that you had right and i had these two serwin vega towers Ooh, I nice. hauled around for 15 fucking years. Yeah, and they're Best. huge. Oh, <laughs> they were they were heavy. I could put uh, about five flat screen TVs, and they still oh. wouldn't weigh as much as one of those Serwin Vegas speakers. But oh my god, that was that was the crown jewel of any possession I had was those goddamn yeah. speakers. So, but imagine those TVs we used to haul around too. The fucking tube TVs. Yeah, damn. So, and. Even if you look at the, some of those old pictures that I have, I have a couple of them. The the 2001, the background I'm using right now for the CRE, mm -hmm. I have one of the sock that you go out there and they're all RGB, right? They're all monitors. Yep. Yep. Um, here, I think I made one for the sock too. Stand by. Remember when they swapped out those TVs? There you go. Above, yeah, those. those ones above. Oh, look at those computers. Yeah. Oh, goodness. That's 2001. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that nuts? That's the cream of the crop back then. That was it. And you, and you looked at it, and you're like, whoa, look at all those. Look at all those. Man. Dude, that's Dual that's monitor. when I first, in 01 is when I first got on that ops floor. Mm-hmm. You know? And I remember they sterilized everything, and they took a bunch of these pictures, and I don't know where yeah. I I found them on a drive and I went up to scheduling and I was like, Oh, look at this. This is great. How did I know that 22 years later, I'd be using it for a background. Still talking about it and using it as a background. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, well, speaking of commercial satellite use, let's go to this next story from space.com, right? So SpaceX, SpaceX still hard at work at their Starlink. Uh, they yep. launched. They launched the. The headline says they launched twenty three Starlink Starlink satellites on its second space flight in the day, but the truth is they they should have led with SpaceX launches forty four Starlink satellites over two launches in one day, because that's what they did. 
SpaceX launched 21 Starlink satellites from California's Vandenberg Space Force Base early on the morning of October 21st. Then, later, at 22.17 hours of the same day, a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket launched 23 more Starlink Internet, Internet satellites to orbit from Florida for the company's second mission of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is, all, this is really cool. The Falcon 9's first stage on the second launch. The Falcon 9's first stage came back to Earth for a vertical landing, which is really cool. I know? still think that's cool. I mean, and they pinpoint it. And it, yeah. touched, it touched down eight and a half minutes after launch. That's it. Uh, on the drone, on a drone ship. <laughs> for more videos on other things that last eight and a half minutes <laughs> per launch and touchdown, go see Mr. History's OnlyFans. Eight and a half, you can get two of those minutes once the uh, government gives you your 15 It is window. two a day, two a day. Now you get two and two-thirds. Or like SpaceX. <laughs> your next window is at midnight. Uh, Starlink is SpaceX's mega constellation in low Earth orbit, which provides internet services to customers around the world. There are currently almost... Guess how many Starlink satellites I got up there? 5,000. Close. 4,900 operational Starlink satellites. How do you, Jake? God damn. Marty, you know I work on Overwatch software, right? Well, I know, but I didn't realize there were that <laughs> I looked many. at the Starlink constellation the other day. It'll fry our processing because we'll do, oh, you really? know, like if I use Starlink as a constellation, it's too much. Really? So it, it'll still work, but it, man, it loads forever. Will it tell you how many satellites are in view? Yeah. You have 1,000. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. When I was well, at. Well, uh, I mean, but that goes back to that article last week, right? When we were talking about Starlink and then the other military side of Starlink. Right. Oh, uh, yeah. What was that? The, something uh, Shield or something. Star Shield. Yeah, it was Star Shield. Yep. I think it was Star Shield. Yep. Yeah. Um in in I think it was like ninety three when I was out at uh National Training Center out in California and they gave us the old uh plugger. You know, the first, oh, yeah. the first gen GPS stuff. And we were out in the desert and I remember it was spinning up in the little readout. The little LCD readout was like, you have two satellites in view. You are plus or minus 10,000 meters. And I was like, fuck this. <laughs> threw it in the back of the home. It's like, plus or minus 10,000 meters. Holy shit. This... Um, but as we saw it come along, but the, those first few years, it was just like, oh, geez. This is, this I think is those are still standard issue with Hamas because they probably got plus or minus 10,000 meters. <laughs> But but they're not precise. Yeah, they're they're no, more, exactly. That's they're what more I'm an area force. So yeah, you know they just launch yeah. it up and it's like oh, it goes where we want it. If it doesn't, we'll just we'll just blame the other side. So yeah, you know. <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay, so uh, I just found this article on airandspaceforces.com. I thought it'd be fun. Why the Air Force's only tugboat <laughs> lives. 
on a Space Force base. So, standby. Oh, this is complicated. <laughs> I like how the only things are always like, what the hell is this? This is fun. <laughs> but it's like, that. you do know the Air Force has a tugboat? That's right. And That is exciting. Uh, all right. So, oh, I'm, I, oh, I got it on the wrong. Space spot. I, that's the space yeah, that's that. There it is, right? Look at her. Look at that tugboat. So She's a beaut. The Department <laughs> of the Air Force has a small fleet of maritime vessels for patrolling base waters, recovering target drones, and in one case, guiding vital supplies ships to the U.S. military's northernmost base. <laughs> so, Jake, we did that article. This is before you came on, Kevin. But do you, rem- or do you remember what... Uh, Thule Air, Air oh, Force yeah. changed to. Do you remember the My, name? The fuck took. <laughs> I didn't even know it changed. Oh, it's not Thule anymore. It's a. It's. I can't pronounce the. Petuffic. P i. Oh, I'm so close. But fuck took. You were pretty so damn close, close Zach. But fuck. Zach, I'm assuming that's Danish. Yeah, uh, it's or, Inuit. Or, I think it's more Inuit, okay. Inuit kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. Um. I think it's more appropriate to go from one conquering nation to another conquering nation language, and then we can go back to. <laughs> well, it should be Viking, right? Are the Vikings the ones who founded Greenland? Or whatever? I don't know. Uh, I wasn't there. Life at Petuffic Space Base, located 750 miles north of the Arctic Circle, will be much more difficult without... Rising Star, which is pictured right there. A 71-foot tugboat that escorts fuel tankers and cargo ships. Aligns them with the pier, moves icebergs out of the way as the vessels enter North Star Bay on Greenland's northwest coast. Either one either one of you guys went up to Thule? Did nope. you ever have to? Mm-hmm. I mean, remember the options way back when? It was like Thule yeah. or Cav. I mean, imagine we went up to Cavalier, right? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, I would have I would have probably preferred Thule over Kev. You know, everybody yeah. I've talked to who's gone to Thule said they had a great time. I, I'm a firm believer in that the remote locations. Oh yeah. Are, yeah. If you're in a crappy environment, you'll bond better with the team and then I agree. Have, I think you have better morale almost. The best time I ever had. Because they're all was suffering at, uh, together. Right. The best time I ever had in the Trauma bonding, at, baby. Was at uh, Fort Polk, Louisiana, yeah. which was terrible. But, yeah. and we were in a dry county. So, oh. you know, I buy all your stuff right at the county line. And then we had this little cul de sac of apartments, and there was no place to go. So you just yep. suffered right there. But it was, a, it was the most fun time. So. That's got to like be it. along the same lines as those who go up to Thule, I would imagine. I like the overseas clubs are always. Ah, that's a good. Right, point. In Alaska, the clubs were the clubs on base were good. You know. Um, tell uh, Teapot what that damn strip club was up there. I can't remember the name. Oh, well, ABC. ABC. A, <laughs> ABC is a famous strip club in Anchorage. Not that I've ever been, mother. That's caveat. Stands for Alaskan Bush Company. Yes. Okay. 
And it was, according to the website, a very well lit normal beer amount, like normal beer prices. And a lot of the ladies came off shift in Vegas and would come up there for the oil guys and the fishing guys. God, they must have made a ton of cash. So, for them. They made a lot of money and they're out wow. doing crappy jobs for a long time. And it's almost like a public service so, in a way. So I know. I appreciate it. <laughs> the things I looked up on the web. That's it. <laughs> Uh, is, that, is that tugboat still operational? Yes. Oh yeah. It Hell was, to the no! I'm not getting on that thing. I look at that thing. All, look all rickety. I, no, it looks old. good, man. But look at this. It thing. looks good. It was built in Morgan City, Louisiana. No. Uh, it entered service in '92. So it's only 21 years old. Becoming the latest in a long line of tugboats that have helped resupply the installation ever since it was first completed, as or completed as Tule Air Force Base in 1953. Tugboat has two De- Detroit diesel two-stroke V16 engines with 900 horsepower each. Uh, though the oh. Air Force owns the boat, Rising Star is crewed by contractors, a captain and a deckhand. Two guys. <laughs> two guys. What are they paying those guys? How sober do you probably, think they are? They're probably <laughs> GS9s. Yeah. GS nine, God. But they get cola. They're good. (laughs) They get cola, and they get every holiday meal free over at uh, yeah, Betuffik. So, but for those of you who don't know, and if this is a space podcast, you should know. Patuffik's location makes it a strategic post for missile warning, missile defense, and space surveillance missions using a solid-state phased array radar operated by the 12th Space Warning Squadron. The base also provides satellite command and control through its tracking station, one of seven stations around the world that form the Space Forces AFSCN. But even high-tech military space equipment sometimes needs a low-tech tugboat to keep ticking. That's that's very uh, nice, flowery, downright poetic. So, all right, I think uh, we need to say goodbye to Teapot. Yep, I'm on my way. Go picking up some friends from the airport. Well, uh, who's Michigan got this week? Bye week. Ooh. Oh, and we have a visit. With, we have a visit with NCAA tomorrow or Friday, so <laughs> we'll see how that goes. And then we have Purdue, Purdue, Penn State, Maryland, Ohio State. Oh man! And then uh, what? Uh, Big Ten's divided up now, right? Is it? East yeah, and west for or now, the, south? east and west. And then next year, there's no divisions. And then we bring in four teams: USC, UCLA, Oregon, and uh, Washington. That's, insane i don't get that but that is insane i mean the travel cost just like went oh man each school each school's each school's getting like 75 million a year the the tv contract's got to be just enormous it's obscene yeah what are they gonna call that that, uh big 10 as far as i know Phil Knight will cover their Oregon's travel costs Uh, uncle phil yeah that's why oregon's there because uncle Uncle phil's in yeah, Uncle yeah. Phil met with the Big Ten and 
Chicago like last year. Yeah. And he's like, we're not, you're going to let us in. And they, they took, they're taking a pay cut. They're getting probably half uh, for a couple years, but uncle Phil doesn't care. It's crazy yeah. that the yeah. Pac 12 is liquidating. And this is one of the best seasons literally up and down the line. Man. It's been the most exciting conference to watch all year. Like I've said <laughs> it. it really yeah. Has, I've yeah. watched more Pac 12 games than I have big 10 games this year. Yeah. But, Apparently, the administrators of the conference yeah. couldn't figure it out. They couldn't figure it out. Auburn's Sorry, the only one so far that's threatened you, right? What's that? Is it Auburn that's the only one that's threatened you guys so far? For what? For oh, no, no. Sorry, no, I was... we had a we had a slow game against uh, Ball State where JJ had three picks, but we still right. won. Like it was so bad in the third quarter. Um, all their players are getting hurt because we just started like dominating defensively. That lefty, their coach, he's an old Michigan guy. When one of his players got hurt, he told Harbaugh, like, we're just going to run the rest of the half. And Harbaugh's like, yeah, we're going to, too. Like, <laughs> physically, yeah. Let's, do, let's like, get this. It was Georgia. Over. I was thinking of Georgia. I was looking at Georgia's so, teams and how they lined Georgia. up. And I was like, ooh, Auburn, Auburn got close, man. Yeah, Hugh Freeze can coach and he can find strippers, apparently. That's his thing. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? Double. He's good at both. He's good at yep. both. Coaching football and coaching life. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm Each telling these young you, boys it, to be men. You know, going through Colorado's college program, tuitions. If yeah. we can have a coach who can coach us well for two, three years, uh, and then you know the scandals catch up to him, and then we just rotate it out. You know, we did that with New Heisel, and you know, we just yeah. Came. But those were the old days. Now we got. Uh, now we got good recruiting, so we'll see how how Colorado goes. In prime, I trust, man. I he's exceeded all my expectations. I'm like, ooh, give him another year or two. Like, I'm interested to see. I think they're going to do well in the Big Twelve, man. Well, I suppose, think that was a, that was a good move for them. Suppose they just signed that uh, big quarterback who's 17 right now. He's like 20, that, that 2025. Yep. Yeah, he's six five two twenty at 17. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Jeez, I know. Yeah. Ooh, save your knees, buddy. Save your knees. Yeah, or you'll end up like Teapot. Yeah, that's True. that's it. Well, I'll see you next week, fellas. I appreciate the time. All right, buddy. Thanks right. for your uh, effort. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's call Kids. the uh, let's call the uh, backup. I suppose uh, he's oh. he's back to D nip again. So D nip. So All I was right, gonna Jake. say uh, Teapot's current health situations are. A lesson to the younger generation. Just don't what go. Would that lesson be. Don't don't twerk too hard. Mild, okay. Don't go full in like Teapot. Teapot because was at, twerking before twerking was a thing. Because at the time, it feels like you're indestructible. Yeah. And then yeah. it catches up to you. And then those hips go. And now you can't have. Kids. And just like a golden retriever, got that dysplasia. You know, uh, Teapot is, there was one guy I knew who was like in his 20s, and he had gout. And I used to yeah. call him, you're the oldest, youngest man I've ever known, right? Because you got some diseases in your 20s. <laughs> yeah, old that man you, diseases. That you shouldn't have. Well, Teapot's pushing up against that, right? Yeah. Oh, remember, we had an Intel guy at the 16th, Modica. He I got... Yeah, he was an awesome guy, but he got he came back from the clinic one day, 
and we're like, hey, what was going on, man? Like, because he was complaining about his joints or something like that. And he's like, he got arthritis. And we're like, look, you're like 24, 25 at the most. But we always gave him shit because he drove this gold Lexus SUV. And we're like, that's an old lady color. Like, like that's the grandma old gold. Lexus, not the yeah. classy. Yeah, thing. the old Lexus. Right. Old. And we're like, man, that's a grandma car. That's, you know, no, I love that car. I love it. I'm like, you act like a grandma. You get grandma diseases, man. Some people are just born to be old, you know, like yeah. instantly. Yeah. Jimmy bought him one of those arthritis friendly aspirin boxes. He <laughs> <laughs> had like a gear on the top of the freaking lid. It's like this big. What, the whole bottle. What, what do like you a, think? What do you think of whenever you're out and around town or somewhere, right? Yeah. And you see somebody you're not quite. At first, you can't really quite tell. Uh, are they in their fifties or forties? Maybe late thirties. You really can't tell. But they're wearing a hand brace, you know, or some <laughs> indicator like that. You're yeah. like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> nobody yeah. wears a hand brace unless you're. But, you know, I mean, uh, we should call Jimmy, see if he can, we can get him on the show, man. That yeah, you should. That would be fun. But it'd be late for him, so that might be too late for him. Too late for him. All right, Jake, let's talk about bathrooms. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk All about right. luxurious bathrooms. So, yeah. uh, from space.com, there's a company called Space Perspective. It's very confusing. It's a very confusing name. But the company's called Space Perspective. So they're offering balloon rides, right? Yeah. Um, where the suborbital guys like Virgin uh, or, God, who was it? Was it Amazon? Or who was the other company? Blue? Blue. Uh, they were doing the suborbital ones, you know, and they were taking all the celebrities. Yeah. And now you don't hear about them anymore. Right? Uh, but they were doing the suborbital ones where there's this company, Space Perspective, is offering balloon rides, not quite to as high as suborbital, but they go pretty high. And it's like a six-hour trip, right? So, but they just unveiled, because it's so long, they unveiled their bathroom. Oh, nice. And it's not a bathroom. They're calling it a space spa, right? So Space Perspective just unveiled the latest addition to its stratospheric tourism operation, a uniquely designed restroom called the Space Spa that will become part of its spaceship Neptune capsule. All right. So All right, nice. Want to see the Space Spa? Yeah, for a spa, man, it better have heated seats and little massage fingers rubbing well, your hips as you're going to the bathroom. It's pretty close. If I could, uh. Nice. Alright, so that's one view of it. Alright. Doesn't that's look a nice decorative plant. It does have plants in it, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it to be fair, it looks like a I don't know, maybe a a very clean modern air force or air airplane toilet. Uh yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's about right. That's about right. There's another view of it, if I could ever escape out of this thing. (laughs) 
Um, oh, it opened it up in, the, in another window, you fuckers. So, uh, let's see. Yeah. God damn it. I mean, the view is gorgeous in that picture. Well, and wait till you hear about what they say about it. So I'm going to leave you with this image as I read this story. All right. Yeah, look at that view. Yeah, nice. that's a that's a hell of a view. So, spaceship Neptune, which will be carried high into Earth's atmosphere by a massive balloon, is a pressurized capsule that promises passengers a more luxurious and sedate experience than the suborbital rocket rides offered by oh Blue Origin and Virgin Galactic. There you go. The the two the two. Oh, we had Blue something. I knew it was Blue something, right? Located yep. within the eight-passenger capsule Space Lounge, the space ball will function as a personal retreat during spaceship Neptune's flights, company representatives said. One of the most consistent questions we receive when people learn that our space flight lasts six hours is if there will be a loo, said Jane Pointer, Space Perspective's founder and co-CEO, said in a company statement. Now, to clarify, spaceship Neptune on these flights, they'll reach a maximum altitude of about 19 miles or 30 kilometers, which is considerably below the traditional accepted line where space begins, which is 62 miles or 100 kilometers. All right. Dan Window, his last name is Window, who oversees all aspects of design and space perspective alongside Isabella Trani said overall now listen to this one this is beautiful whoever wrote this is beautiful overall we embrace softness and optimistic color tones in the space spa which play nicely with the contrasting colors you will see through its two windows we're also using light washes for example to create ambience and allow for customization customization Change your color. I, 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 can you customize yeah. it when you go in there to take a deuce? Uh, I mean, I think the whole experience. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, oh. that would be shitting on the world. That would be awesome to go in yeah. there and just look out that window. Do your business. Um. <laughs> uh, it will allow for customization of the environment as well as discourage reflections in the windows. I don't know what that means. Soothing soundscapes will be a, no. will be unique to what you experience in the space lounge. And we brought in plants. Mm-hmm. Oh, one plant. Yeah. Spaceship Neptune isn't just about the space spa. However, Space Perspective promises world-class food and beverage offerings, plush seating, and a host of amenities, including bespoke headphones, Wi-Fi, and specialized amenity kits. In July, Space Perspective announced it had successfully sold over 1,600 tickets, translating wow. to about $200 million in sales. The going rate for a spaceship Neptune seat is $125,000. This figure eclipses publicly reported ticket sales of any other space tourism venture. Space Perspective is planning to conduct its first commercial flights in late 2024. Okay? 
So mm-hmm. let's watch um, what they actually looks like. And it looks, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you decide before I say anything. Uh, I was trying to find it basically kind of what, what altitude or what speed you experience weightlessness. I don't think they go that high. I don't think they go high enough. Yeah. I was just wondering. I was just curious on that. Cause the bathroom would be a whole different experience. Problematic. Yeah. You look like Spirit Airways on Vegas Strip. <laughs> Obviously, it's artist rendering. Yeah. Pretty neat, but... Yeah. I don't care. I mean, the whole thing is that's pretty cool idea. It is. I like it. Uh, I do too. Um, And what was what was the height? They go up to nineteen miles or thirty k. So the other ones go up to sixty two miles. So. No. It's got to be below weightless, weightless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Because you, you saw the guy in there taking pictures and stuff, right? Oh, yeah. Um, I saw that little artist rendering of a kid in khakis <laughs> with his shirt tucked in. He's got the sweater vest on, too. I know. I was like, okay. <laughs> um, but you got to, uh, I don't know how many go up. Six? Six or eight at a time? I can't remember what it says. Oh, really? Um, pressurized capsule promises passengers uh, eight passengers, eight passengers. So, for What's six the hours, retrieval like. I guess it just comes back down. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I would know. hope so. <laughs> I should have probably done a little bit more research. I mean, uh, oh yeah, it's sorry not like to a regular you. hot air balloon, I mean, right? They got a sorry to ask in depth questions. Yeah, I know you violated the uh, <laughs> I did. I'm sorry. The rules there, but. I should have done a little bit more research, but the article didn't say. Yeah. I mean, and that video didn't show it either. But 125K, I would imagine you have to, You it would behoove you to have one party all go together. Right. Because say you had like, uh, you know, two and you're subject to six others and you just paid a quarter of a million dollars and these guys are drunk Texans or something. You're like, wow. <laughs> Hey, don't go into that space spa. I just polluted it. <laughs> like, fuck. I like how it's Texans. Now uh, we got your Tex-Mex spell for the next five and a half hours. Thanks a lot, yeah. buddy. You couldn't have done that. It was the nerves. The nerves. You could have done that. And the gravity. The Jesus. <laughs> gravity. I- 2024, so I don't know. Would you rather go on the suborbital flight or on the balloon flight? And that balloon flight looked pretty cool. It looked more like they had food. The suborbital seems more like a roller coaster, crazy adventure experience. They lose gravity on suborbital. Yeah. They go to weightlessness. Yeah. 
But the balloon, I mean, yeah, you're drinking. What? What is? I can adjust the colors (laughs) of the lights. Go in there and see the one palm frond of a plant that's sticking out and go, oh, how nice. I saw you on the internet. It's very soothing. Oh. <laughs> I, I until I, you get that little punk kid that's clicking all the different colors. <laughs> like, 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 like the strobe light over there. Uh, I wonder what they cater it with. Okay? For, for 125 grand, it better be top of line, I suppose. Right? Oh, I don't know. Uh, It looks, I mean, it it would be cool. It's like the ultimate Ferris wheel, right? Yeah. Have you ever, you ever done that? The eye in Vegas or or over in, or in London? That's always, well, not London, but I've done the one in Vegas. And it's awesome. The perspective you get, right? You get to look over there and it's not rushed. You're not rushed. You're not pulling any G's or anything like that. It seems like that level of experience versus more of an adventure pulling G's yeah that's a good point but then it, you go on the other one and I can't remember what they were charging for the other one quarter mil um, but you actually do a suborbital flight yeah, yeah you know you could say I've gone to a suborbital flight you know I don't know well let's close it out Jake and with, I, I uh, mean we all know that gets more ladies than any of Eric's lines but in that little balloon capsule, they could still wear yeah. their heels. They could dress up. Yeah, exactly. You're not going on the vomit comet with girls who are dressing up. No. You know? You're just doing that to say that to other millionaires. But yep. if you go on the balloon, you talk about a mile high club. Now you got 19 mile high club. Oh, my. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what it's like getting drunk up there. Because we all know it's different. Know, at altitude. Drunk in Colorado, right? Then yeah, man, at altitude might be like half a sip. Yeah, might be like, holy shit. This really One glass me. of wine and you're thrashed. <laughs> you better hope you don't have a girl that loves fighting when she's drunk. <laughs> There's no a- way to go there. <laughs> that's a long three-hour ride down. It's like... Yeah. There's no corners to go to, right? Yeah. It's like, ah, Jesus, I got to talk about this all the time. <laughs> Ruin everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, let, let's, let's end this on a feel-good story, okay? And this is from MarineCorpTimes.com. So the mom of a Marine veteran who died by suicide, she right. is running Wait. 100... 100 mile runs. I had to say that purposefully. Rosie Gagnon. I don't know how to say her last name, so I apologize if I'm screwing it up. But it's G A G N O N. Gagnon. Sounds right. Started running long distances in 2017 to contend with emotional turmoil at home. Her eldest son, Marine veteran James Dexter Morris, was going through a mental health crisis, including bipolar and schizoaffective disorders. That progressively got worse. But even when he was in the hospital for his illnesses in 2017, he prompted Rosie. He said, you run so much, you should run a marathon, Mom. So uh, Rosie, a resident of Berryville, Virginia, ended up running her first ultra marathon 
a roughly 31.1 mile 50k. God, I can't imagine that. Uh, even before she tried her first 26.2 mile marathon, she, <laughs> fell, she fell in love with ultra marathons. Then her son called Dexter challenged her to do the longest race she knew of, a hundred miler. A hundred miles. She was training for her first 100-mile race when Morris died by suicide on February 25, 2018, at the age of 23. As an overweight 15-year-old, he decided to want to become a, a Marine. He surprised his mother by getting into shape through mixed martial arts classes and ultimately enlisted in the Rich. Marine Corps. That was what he wanted. Uh, he wanted to serve most of all. While training in the Marine Corps to become an infantryman, Dexter Morris tore his ACL and received opioids to treat the pain. According to his mother, who said her family now believes the opioids may have helped trigger the onset of Morris's mental illness. God, man, there's there's too much of that, man. There's too much of yeah, that. Yeah, man. That uh, yep. You know that uh, it's just it's just too much. And and that time, man, that 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 era i hope and it's i hope this era that era is done of heavy prescription of that crap this was only 2017 i know I, but it affects so many like yeah. and it was normal in the air force too like you'd have right right i mean going for well, knee surgery going for fucking whatever and, that's true and we, we talked about this before um was it you who uh, it was you right who said how many uh, anthrax shots you got? I got nine. Yeah. <laughs> and that, you know, they've come out. I don't know when they came out. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's causing a whole lot of problems. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's two number sixes or number sevens on my shot records. It's literally like, that's insane. And I'd show them, I'm like, hey, you got two number eights in there or sevens and they're both the same distance apart so that should be an eight and they're like "Ooh, we're not sure so my I, shot records i have eight but i got two number sevens or two number sixes or whatever I, I mean, hopefully you're good who knows in 10 years but hopefully you're good yeah you never know um uh, so she is running let me skip down uh, she uh, became committed to running 100 100 mile runs to raise awareness about suicide among service members and veterans. The Marine Corps Marathon on October 29th will form the beginning of uh, Rosie's 60th 100 mile 100 miler, approximately four years after she began this endeavor. After oh, the my. first for the Marine, so she's going to run the Marine Corps Marathon. And once that's done, she'll run the remaining 73.8 miles toward Mount Vernon in Virginia and then back around Washington. Her hope is to complete the 100 miles in under 28 hours. Holy cow. 28 hours of running. Yeah. Good <laughs> night, man. It's crazy. So she has been partnering with a nonprofit organization, Wear Blue run to remember to honor the lives of service members and veterans who have died by suicide. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's awesome. I don't know if, uh, you know, my kid passed what 
that would manifest itself as. Uh, but my mom would probably plant a tree for me. <laughs> like a blue spruce or a nice fur. Something she didn't have to water every day, so she was yeah, like, yeah, nothing too high maintenance. I don't want to do a lot on this thing, so maybe trim it every other year or so. <laughs> Complain about the sun levels it's getting. <laughs> And then bitch about all the needles. They're like, God damn it. Jacob. (laughs) Pain in the ass while you're alive. Pain in the ass once you're gone. (laughs) (laughs) Well. (laughs) Good on you, Mom. Good on Rosie Gagnon. I wish you luck. That is amazing. Amazing. Um. I, I I can't imagine running that long. You know, I mean, uh, I think, yeah. I think the longest I ever ran was maybe seven miles. You know, and I was so glad to be done with that. Um, yeah, a hundred miles—that's got to be—that's a mindset. So, well, we did those baton memorial baton. Oh, death you did march. the baton thing, right? How, yeah, how I did that, that twice. One—that's a full marathon. Oh, is it? But really? I walked. I walked the whole time. I didn't yeah. run. You well, walk you with the op- a backpack. You had the option to do it, right? Yeah, and then there was t- some teams that did run. Yeah, where was that? Where was that held at? That's held at White Sands, uh, New Mexico, every year by Las Cruces. I know. Uh, it Chief it was really cool. Did you go down there? Yeah, okay. I, I went. So the first year I went, he was supposed to go, and then they couldn't. And then the second year we went and we did it. Um, as a, as a memorial. Any shin splints right. or anything like that come out of that? Nothing great. My, dude, it took me like eight and a half, nine hours. I was just walking with a backpack on. Did you do it in so, boots? Yeah, you do. So you do it in full uniform with uh, 35, I think the minimum is 35 pound pack. That's pretty cool. So, so they do that. Cool. But the, the coolest part was in the morning... They did a roll call. So when everybody's gaggling up before the race starts, yeah. they did a roll call of all their surviving members of the Baton Death March and all that had passed that last year. Oh, wow. So you're sitting there. What, at like, what year was this that you went and did this? I I did it 11? on the 25th anniversary. Yeah, like. 2010, something like that? 2011, maybe? Uh, a little bit after that, even, I think. Jeez, so that, I don't remember for sure. There can't be anybody surviving from that anymore, right? Man, th- those guys were standing at the starting line. That's amazing. Well, there was a couple in wheelchairs, but then the, there's still a couple that were standing there. How long was their engine. actual march? Do you know? I don't, don't ask too many deep questions, Marty. Jeez. <laughs> I'm trying to celebrate what you did. A day or two? I don't know. <laughs> um, that's a, I guess that's, it wasn't like the most friendly of marches, you know, the original one. How the, I mean, it, it wasn't a leisurely thing. I mean, for eight hours, he's like, it turns. No, it was a, it was a cool course though. I mean, it's, it? it's, it's dirt road. So it's dirt road and then you jump on a concrete and you climb up one of the hills. Oh, okay. And then it's gravel around the top of this mountain, then it's back down on concrete. 
and then you're on dirt road again and then there's a big sand section that's like a mile or so loose sand or yeah it sucks because i was at, at the end of it everybody's already ran through all of it so it's all chopped up and, so it's all loose. yeah it's all like it's on all, the beach oh that sucks yeah and then i mean yeah it, it's it's fun but you can do it as a team or you can do it as individuals but if you do it as a team, you all have to cross this, the finish line within 30 seconds of each other. So, oh, okay. You know, so you, you can't uh, have a couple guys just go, I'm going, right? Yeah. No, I'm no. And you, that. yeah. And, and the two years I did it, you'll see groups like just laying on the side of the road, waiting for a team for member that to recover, fell yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah. Or something, you know. 26 miles. Wow. That's yeah, it's a full marathon. There were some guys running the marathon in in uniform. Wow. That's bad. And you get a lot of other other nations too. I don't so know. So other yeah, Canadian uniforms, German uniforms, well all that. I didn't have no idea it was I, that well known. Yeah, I didn't know it was that well known until the first year. So well, you probably get um you probably get that captain that we talked about last week. That was in the space force and went through ranger school. Yeah. He'd probably yeah. go do it. You know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, he'd hey, probably run it. Okay. You ready to get uh, certified on your job? You'd be like, Oh, wait a second. I got to go uh, do the Batan thing. And it is, I think some of those events are permissive TDYs. Of course. They are. Too. Right. So you don't get paid for it or anything like that. You just get no, but Friday you off. You don't That's lose it. any leave. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you get your way down there, so. Yeah. So anyway, that was uh, that's a pretty cool thing about her mom. We should we should revisit that. That is impressive. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see is. the progress on that. I think we'll keep that in mind. So. Uh, on that note, Jake, I think just you and me, since we've lost everybody else again. All right. Nice. Uh, you get uh, you get the podcast good conduct medal for today. In your so face, teapot. That's two in a row because. Uh, I, apparently, I don't have any other dedicated, non-paid volunteers to do to stick it out for a whole yeah. show. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but we are at shift change. Now, I won't ask you to do this all together. All right. <laughs> I'll just say. So. Uh, on behalf of Jake and I, and in honor of Teapot and Eric. I'd like to thank you for listening today. Please like, share, subscribe, and let us know how we did in the comments. And make sure next week that you are not late for changeover. Man. 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 <laughs> Thanks. Never <laughs> works. I had to wear my beloved beavers. I saw you representing the Air Force. Well, so I had to, and, I had to put know, my beavers hoodie on. I really don't like Air Force Academy to be honest with you because the interactions that I've had with some of those guys yeah Uh, but it was appropriate and I paid $25 for the t-shirt yeah so I figured I'd wear it I was in the VFW um the same day that 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 they were on that game was on yeah and there was a lot of comments like that helmet's too much it was too shiny but like but that. even some of the even some of the army guys were like, oh, that's Doolittle's, that's Doolittle's. Oh, nice. uh, shout right. out to that man. And oh, so 
those guys at the VFW ever giving you any? Uh, or, I mean, you've been going there long enough that they yeah. probably know you. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. But but they're all significantly older than me. So talking them in through a podcast, it'll be a lot. A lot. I do want to. I do want to get you, or get you to support me interviewing a couple of those guys. I would like to they, come down. They've got some cool beers. stories. I just yeah. do a bar, just do a bar thing, and I'll put the and I'll put the clip on mics with them, and then just we could easily do that with yeah. those guys. We'd just go out to the smoke pit, and they still. It is funny because there's a couple of them that are like a shot and a beer and a cigar, and they go out to the smoke pit, and they'll just sit out there. You won't see them for an hour and a half. They'll just be out there hanging out. Let me know when next. And, let me uh, know when next meeting is. Let's set that up. Yeah, absolutely. Jake, thanks for the week. And I'll see you next week. All right, Marty. Have a good one.